And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ken Brown. How you doing? All right. Uh, the, the week before the storm, evidently, the week before Detroit bashing starts, I think at 12.01 on Monday morning, <laughs> uh, Detroit bashing is. I heard Colin Cowherd before we came in to do this podcast, and he's already talking about the dysfunctional system that Stafford came from, and he was comparing him to Aaron Rodgers now. And if Rodgers would have went to Detroit and Stafford would have went to Green Bay, what would have happened? So just get ready for a week of, of uh, Detroit Lion bashing. Well, you know, I think as Sheila uh, Ford Hamp once said, the record is what it is. Work to change it. Don't get caught up in where you've been. You know, move forward, go somewhere else. And say, you know what? Take it for a week, then get around about the Lions business and take care of it and change it. Oh, they deserve it, though. Don't get me wrong. They deserve everything they get for this because, like I said, the hardest job in pro football is getting a franchise quarterback. You had one for 12 years and couldn't win a playoff game. So next time you get a franchise quarterback, treat them better. That's all I'm going to say on that subject, or, or build you know, a team yeah, around them better. Can, I, I pretty much agree with what you said. I'd just like to add one thing, because I've heard people say this, with players and coaches, when they come to Detroit, and they say, well, that, that's not us. And I agree with that. Yeah, that's not you. you. You inherited it. But here's the other part of it, too. When you sign with the New York Yankees or the Montreal Canadiens or uh, Celtics or whoever is the hot, you know, historically great franchise, you inherit their history, and you're proud to do it. And so when you end up a team that doesn't have that same history, you inherit that too. You've got to live with it. Those, those are your choices. You made them. That's the way it is. Change them. Right. But I'm old enough to remember. I was little, but I'm still old enough to remember. Pittsburgh used to be a joke. Absolutely. Tampa horrible. Bay used to be a joke. Seattle used to be a joke. I mean, everybody changes over the time. Cincinnati had a long period of time where they were a joke. So you don't have to remain in this perpetual limbo of mediocrity. You can change it. And sometimes there's a player that can change it. Sometimes there's an owner that can change it. Sometimes there's a coach that can change it. But the Lions have not had that spark. They had a berry spark where it kind of changed, but they just couldn't get over that last hump. Well, at least, they, at least with Barry, they got to the hump. Right, they, they got to the hump, but they, they just they couldn't make hump. it over that hump. And they'd have been able to make it over that hump. Because and really, the part, if they would have made it over the hump, Green Bay wouldn't have rose. Uh, see, it was one or the other. When Green Bay, Detroit was on the cusp, and then Green Bay just took it and ran, and they won the title, and they took it and ran. Detroit kind of went mediocre. <laughs> So you got to get to that hump and get over it. I still say with the Lions here, if Stafford won that last game that and won that division that time, that was a getting over the hump game. They just never were able to get over that hump. Well, we had two of those games, one in 2014, <clears throat> excuse me, and one in 2016, and the Lions didn't win either one. One game they played in Green Bay, Stafford had three touchdown passes and no interceptions. People seem to forget that in that game, and they lost it. Then back here two years later, and lost that one as well. And I think what also has exacerbated the situation regarding the Lions is that they've had some truly, I mean, truly great, iconic players leave the Detroit Lions. You know, Barry Sanders retiring. Uh, I just think he was done with football, period. And Calvin Johnson retiring, too. And after nine seasons, when people assumed he had more left in the tank, I'm not so sure that's not the, not the tank that he came, came with, but I'm not so sure that he had that much left when he returned. Nah, I think Calvin was done, and I think Barry maybe could have played another year or two. 
but he was he saw his he was diminishing a little <laughs> toward the end, and he he didn't want to. You know, he didn't just want to hang on. He wanted to be who he was, and I don't blame him. But, he, look, well, you get 10 years and nine years out of guys, you got to get some results. Barry got a lot of results, but not the big title, and Calvin didn't get any results. If you have a, run, a running back who has, in his 10th season, gets almost 1,500 yards rushing, you want to talk about what's left in the tank more than anybody else. That's what you had left in the tank. Well, yeah, yeah, but, it, right. But, okay, I'm not, look, we, we see, let's talk about it now. Um, the Lions came back from the Senior Bowl. As uh, I know, you couldn't see it because you don't have NFL Network, which is too bad. And, uh, get you some Direct TV, man. Get, get get out the sticks and get you some Direct TV, please. Well, I have to give up too much to give up. Get up yeah, to, yeah. And yeah. I, I like, well, you I have like, to give up your AT and T uh, bundle package. Get rid of that garbage. I so. don't even have the bundle. I like it. Okay, <laughs> that I write with you. Okay, then you then you sit here and have to listen to me tell you what happened during the Senior Bowl because you couldn't watch it because you didn't have a Direct. TV, I mean, you didn't have an NFL Network on your cable system. Oh, hold on a second. Anybody got the phone number for Direct TV? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I I didn't watch the whole game. I taped it and sped through it. I watched a few parts of it. I I like Deuce Staley as the uh, coach in waiting. He was the head coach there, and Campbell had a couple of nice things on the sideline with I think it was Pelissario. Uh, a couple of nice little uh, segments where they looked in on uh, Brent John Brad Johnson. What's his name? Brent Johnson doing the uh, all the um, Offensive coordinating, play by play. They had a nice little segment ben there. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. So, um, and uh, they interviewed for the offensive coordinator position. Ben Johnson was one of them. So he might have the job. He might be your offensive co- coordinator next year. We'll find out. But um, I'm telling you right now, fans, don't get caught up in the minutiae. Three senior bowl practices do not make up for four years of scouting, okay? These players have been scouted up the wazoo. These teams know around who they're going to pick, around who's good and bad. They just want reinforcement with games like the Senior Bowl. Malik Willis, if he was not up at top of the draft of quarterbacks before the Senior Bowl, is not going to be up at the draft afterward. Either he was deemed that way before or he wasn't. I don't think three practices, one in the rain, is going to elevate a guy that high. Do you, Mike? Well, I don't think it's going to elevate him, but I think it can – I think it can – either narrow the gap between him and who's ahead of him or and sometimes uh, surpass him. You know, you know Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com, my writing partner there, who does ten times as much work as I do, and that's I think I'm understating it. You know, going in, you know, he had ten ten players to watch in the in the senior bowl and then coming out of it, his top ten producers there. And number two was the quarterback, Malik uh, Malik Willis from Liberty. And I, what what surprised me, which is that's cool, you know, Tim's Pretty sharp when it comes to that, but I'm surprised that that Kenny Pickett of Pittsburgh was down at number five. I thought it would be just the opposite, but like I said, I don't have access to, to the, you know the information he had, and so I just thought that's a that's a surprising uh, development, and perhaps it's warranted. Yeah, all right. well, like I said, I'm not buying it. A couple well, okay, of wild well, plays couple of wild plays doing practice, and all of a sudden this guy's shots up. He look. I watched the game and I watched some of the practices and I saw him when he played Eastern Michigan in the bowl game, which they had a good bowl game. But I still say he's a if he's a first round prospect, it's not a high first rounder. And anybody goes up and gets him in the first round, it better work out for you. That's all I gotta say because you're gonna be wasting a pick. Well, people said that about you know uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, when he was and the, and the uh, Ravens moved up in the draft to get him at thirty second pick and the last pick of the first round. 
and everybody was just you know going in. Will this guy ever be a pro? Is he too you know too wild, too reckless, whatever you want to call it? And turns out to be he really is a, a great, great football player. Yeah, but that was where he was picked. They didn't overdraft him. He got picked where he looked like he was. He over, well, then he became a good player. But if, well, if if Lamar Jackson, for every Lamar Jackson, there's a uh, Teddy Bridgewater. There's a um, you know there's guys that are draft Achilles well, Smith. There's an Achilles Smith. No, but Teddy Bridgewater, if you remember back to that draft, he was going to be the number one pick in the draft. He went to the um, Senior Bowl and he. Threw the ball around bad, and next thing you oh, it was a combine. He went to the combine and started throwing around bad. Next thing you know, he's at the end of the first round. So everything fluctuates, but my point being that if you're not sure, don't waste a pick on that quarterback that high in the top. I'm talking top 10 now. You better be sure. Well, you can be as sure as you can be. And so I look, I don't think that I don't think anybody's going to rush out right now and, and draft. Uh, Malik Willis second overall. This is second number. This is second overall. How he played at the Senior Bowl. There's another 290 players out there who weren't at the Senior Bowl. We're going to be in this draft. So let's take this for what it is. Well, and that's what I was saying. But I, like I said, I saw a mock draft before I came in here, and he's already moved up to number six in the draft. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just idiotic. Some of the things you see, and then watch him go six, and then make me look like a total moron. But just nevertheless. Well, you know, hold on a <laughs> I have more evidence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, I just three practices in a game, and all of a sudden, guys who have been in college four years, all of a sudden, just start catapulting and boating. And I heard another thing too, the Thibodeau thing we've been talking about. Now, this one is legitimate hearsay because I've heard this from two different people. Now, I think it was uh, Daniel Jeremiah. I'm not going to say the guys, but it was legitimate NFL draft insiders. Say so they talked to scouts while they were down there. He's falling, Mike. He's not a, a sure number one, two now. I mean, they're stating about his his work ethic, his uh, turning it on and off on the field, his a uh, lot of stuff about him. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, I think, has him as the seventh best prospect now. So all year we've been hearing Thibodeau number one, Hudgens number two. It might not be that way. Well, I think you know, I think I think uh, Jeremiah has been higher on Hutchinson than he has been on Thibodeau, and so if, if this is if this is what you're saying is. And this is just Thibodeau going down further. It's not like the, all of a sudden he fell through the trap door. It's you know I think I think uh, Jeremiah has been higher on Hutchinson right from the beginning. In fact, the last thing I looked at, he had him rated the number one player in the draft, and that was two or three weeks ago. Yeah, the last one he um, had, he had in the top fifty prospects. He had Hutchinson number one. He had Thibodeau seven. He had the two offensive linemen second and third. So I'm just saying. All this pre-draft stuff from all these mock drafts you saw up and when the season was going on to the end, they had Thibodeau number one. Until you talk to the scouts, you don't know what they're seeing and what they're thinking. Now, these people have talked to the scouts, and they're well, saying that, you know, he's 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 not – it's not a guarantee he goes top two. No, I, I would agree with that. And just one other thing, too, and this is, this is just my opinion, but for people who've actually scouted, like, you know, Daniel Jeremiah – and there's some other guys, you know, the athletics guys, just absolutely great people. Uh, Dane Brueger, guys like that. Uh, uh, the, the, you won't see wild fluctuations from mock draft to mock draft with them. Somebody might go from 9 to 12 or something like that, or an injury might pop up. But you're not, you're not going to see anybody who, for example, had a good senior bowl and all of a sudden goes from 20 to, to 10 or 11 or something like that. Those people are pretty, you know, they, they'll shuffle, you know, they'll shuffle the picks. As we go along, and look, there's two and a half more 
months before the before the draft, and those numbers will change and those positions will change. But there's nothing to be any just somebody come out of nowhere at all. Now there might be an in- incident where there's an injury, Kenny, where you get more information and find out that the player hasn't, you know, hasn't recovered as they expected or as they hoped, and that can make a big change. But just on what what they see between now and and, and April. 28th or whatever the draft starts, you're not going to see like those big fluctuations. Yeah, but and the, and the thing about this draft, Mike, I'm telling you right now, and Brad Holmes said himself that he's open for business if guys want to call about the pick or whatever. There's no sacred cow in this in this draft to me. I mean, any anybody can be moved up and down. If you want, yeah. if, you, if you get the right offer for it, go ahead. I mean, it's not like I'm scared to move back to eight or move back to seven or whatever. Go do it, man. If you can get a bunch of more picks, because to me, you want to add a bunch of quality players, and I don't see, I don't see the great player in there. If Hutchinson is the great player, then he's just a notch above about ten other guys to me. Well, that's that's one of the things Jeremiah said. He said he has a really good floor, meaning you know he's going to be a good player. But he doesn't have a, a, an extremely high ce- uh, ceiling. He said he's going to be a guy who's going to get you 12, 12 or so sacks. Yeah, and this is you know one thing about this draft, and you don't hear any of this. The last two drafts with Joe Burrow, and then uh, and then last year, you know, we've had, had a quarterback at the top of the draft, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. You, you, you don't hear, and I hate this expression by the way, a generational quarterback. How do we get a generational quarterback every five years? I mean, five in a row. What, is it, what kind of generation is that? Well, to, where, well, to me, where are those people right. from? Well, to, now you want to get into the labels. To me, franchise quarterback is stupid. The term franchise quarterback is stupid. If he's, if you, if you got a guy that's going to start for you with two years or three years, then he's a franchise. He's your franchise quarterback. There's, not, there's no like label on a franchise. What's a franchise quarterback? Well, look at all the eye rolling when Justin Herbert got taken sixth. You know, well, he's, he's not a leader. He's quiet. Okay. All right, let's go back and look at how he's not quiet on the field. Right. Well, this number two pick, whatever the year that it was, and it was good or bad, to two, and it's going to be thirty-two or thirty-one, and then thirty-four. You got to make you got to make something happen with those three picks. I mean, you just got to make something happen. And when I say make it happen, if it may expand the more picks by trading back or forth, I would be all over the board with. All three of those picks, man. I mean, I would trade up, back, around. I would do anything to to maximize those numbers because there are desperate teams out there, and you got three premier picks there that people want to move. Even just moving out a couple of spots, like on that 32-34 thing. You know, it's just you can do things, Mike. And just don't sit there and take three picks. That's that's my that's my word on it. Well, one thing about it, I don't think they'll do that. By the way, because if you look at what he did, what what. Uh what Brad Holmes did last year. He doesn't sit and watch the draft. You can see he's a full participant. But I think one thing we keep in mind, and this hasn't come out officially yet, but the projections are that the Lions will have three compensatory picks to go with the six they already have. And one of them, now they classify it as a third-round pick. I say it's a fourth-round pick. It's after it's a first pick after the third round. To me, that's where the fourth round begins. But regardless, whatever it is, that will be the 97th pick. And so they'll have... You know, two first-round picks, a high second, 34th, and then two in, in what we now call the third round. And I so, you know, they really they've got a lot of ammunition. Five of the first hundred picks, then you're saying something like that. And also, they have next year's first first-round pick. And you know, look, you can you can use that if, if there's something there that you want, go get it. Why wait? Yeah. Why not have that pick? Why not be? Why not developing? Why not develop? In 2022, your 2023 first round pick. Do it now. He's good. Yeah. 
Well, that's the whole thing. Uh, do you, what do you think their biggest need is? If I had just gave you, I think we asked this last week, but I'm going to ask you again. Biggest need? Well, I think you know, wide receiver would be one of them, really. I think. Uh, no, just you get one pick. What What one is the pick? position? What is the biggest need? Well, Kenny, to me, it's a tie between uh, a three way tie yeah. pass rusher, wide You run into politics or something? Oh, you going into not... politics now? No, one because... position. Because you're gonna. There's no such thing as a tie. One position, man, boy. Well, you running for governor or something? Give me one position. Uh, pass rusher. Thank you. I that was that. Diff- I had to pull rusher. teeth to get that out of you. You know, you know how much you know when I'm bleeding. Okay. <laughs> God, I got, I got, I got to put a packing bag in that big hole in my mouth. Do I get one of those uh, beepers on you for your backtracking? Boop, boop, like with the truck back, the garbage truck backtrack. <laughs> very, very funny. But I agree with you. Uh, what we can agree on that, I think pass rusher is number one. But I'm gonna tell you this: wide receiver. I think you take care of one of those positions in free agency. You just gotta spend money. You're gonna overspend in free agency anyway. Make it for the receiver. I, like Randall L said last week, I, they interviewed him. He said he wants one in the one free agent and two in the draft. That's what that's the way he wants it. Now he might not get it. But I agree well, with that. I, you think he's going to be unhappy if they get two good ones in the in, in the in the in free agency and one in the draft? Yeah, he'll be he'll be storming, probably crying. He'll be but uh, he'll I be agree with him. Fine. Get a proven receiver. Now I'm not That's saying I'm sure. spend all your money on Chris Godwin or one of those guys like that. You no, know, the guy in Dallas that hurt his um, had the ACL. I forgot his name. Right. But uh, get a good receiver to go along with Amon Ross St. Brown, who I saw in a. Uh, the players did a thing on the athletic and they rated him as one of the surprising offensive players of the year and they expect big things out of him. So he's getting a lot of attention now. So you get a receiver well, to go already, with him. They've already gotten big things out of him, but if they, if, but if they, you know, if they beef up that wide receiver core, he won't have the same, he won't have the same results in 2022 they had in 2021 because we'll have other guys to throw the ball to. And that's no knock on him. He can be a better player and he should be a better player in his second year, but not have the same production. What yeah, you add to your team. But I think possibly. his touchdown numbers yes. will go up, though. I think if his, if his other numbers go down, I think his production, his touchdown numbers should go up with better so players around. If you keep T.J. Hawkinson healthy for the whole year like he did the year before, all of that's going to eat into his production. And that's, it doesn't make him – he's not going to make him a lesser player. It just means he'll have lesser opportunities, which is good for the offense. Or In other words, if you're throwing to somebody else instead of just him, you know, getting 10, 12 targets a game – and you're spreading the ball around. That's good for the offense. Yeah. Good. And here's the other thing too. Every there's there's not a year where you go into that a team doesn't go into the draft or go into free agent free agency, trying to number one help the quarterback. And whether that's an offensive lineman to block or somebody to catch the ball or a running back. That's true. So get your defensive end in the in um the draft. Get your well, there's two, you know, and there's a guy from Arkansas too, a linebacker. Well, the linebacker. kid from Florida. I'm, I'm gonna go back on just what I said though, that the Senior Bowl practice shouldn't elevate guys that high. But the kid Johnson from Florida State at the Senior Jermaine Bowl, Johnson, and he yeah. was already a first rounder, just with how high he was gonna go. He's put himself in that conversation at the top ten now. He's up. There. He's probably moved up five slots or ten slots or whatever. But he's in that comp, you know, in a competition now. And if Thibodeau's sliding back and he's sliding up. You know, like I said, there's guys there you can get and move back a couple of spots. Maybe you can take the safety Hamilton, like you were saying last week, and get another pick and get a, a DN or something. 
I said that to you away from the show. I don't even know, think, think, know what I'm thinking about. No, you said that on the we show. A, you said that on the last podcast. Break. I'll see you now. We're going to have to get rid of the podcast because they don't remember what you even said last week. By the way, Tim Twentyman, he rated uh, Jermaine Johnson the number one player at the at the Senior Bowl. And I'll go back to 2013, was it? Yeah, 2013, you know who his number one pick of the Senior Bowl was? It must have been Aaron Donald. Yep, and he still, Tim to this day says he's the most – Dominating player he's ever seen at the Senior Bowl, and Tim's been doing this. I think this is his thirteenth, thirteenth yeah. or fourteenth well, Senior Bowl. You see how the Lions did that one. They, I'm not even going to get in the Aaron Donald thing. That's just a disappointment. But, to but, me. Look, let's not redraft him. I'm not redrafting, but I'm just saying yes, he was he was there to be picked, and he was one of the prospects they were looking at up until that week of the draft. So it wasn't like they weren't even never going to pick him. So I'm just saying. He was one, him and 300 other guys. No, but him and OBJ and Anthony Barr, who probably used, like you said, they wanted. But there was Anthony a group Barr of players there, and they took the worst of all of them, Eric Ebron. No, he wasn't the worst. The of worst of that group he was, of no, all those players. Who had a worse career, Mike? Hold on. Barr, OBJ, Aaron Donald, and Ebron. Which one had the worst career? Of those, of those but there was another guy who went before, before, uh, before Ebron, the quarterback, Never even barely played in the league. Oh, you talking about Gilchrist? Yeah, when we, I yeah. Didn't, yeah, they weren't looking at him. No. I'm talking about the ones they were looking at. I'm talking about the ones they were looking at, and maybe that. How do you know what they're looking at? And maybe that linebacker Mosby wasn't he in that draft too? It was, Alan, it was, it was a linebacker up there too. Yeah. So you know, but look, just make the right pick. You got the second pick in the draft. It's going to be hard to screw this up. All right. Well, the, the top seventeen picks in that draft of the nineteen of the twenty thirteen draft of the seventeen. Picks one through seventeen, thirteen of them made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, thirteen of seventeen. Well, that's like the other draft when Fairley was there. I think all of those top eleven, twelve picks, and um, JJ Watson, all them were in there. Fairley was like the only nine quarterback that didn't make a Pro Bowl. Uh, that whole top of that draft, Patrick Peterson was in that draft. All these Pro Bowlers in there. Lions take the one guy that doesn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I remember uh, Jim. Uh, 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 the, the head coach. Who the heck was the head coach then again? Schwartz. Yeah, Jim Schwartz. I'm sorry. Uh, Jim Schwartz said that they got the best player, the best defensive player in the draft. And he could have been. Well, he wasn't. I know, but he could have been. He had talent. I don't know what happened when he got here, but he had talent. You know, he was he was he was strong. He was quick. All of that. Good guy. I mean, a really yeah. good guy. But just didn't quite have. I don't think the drive to be a good player. Right, exactly. That's you know, what I but thought. But really, you you could not ask for a better guy. Right. Really so that's what I they got to watch out for. But I, I have faith in Brad Holmes. I do too. So I have faith in Brad Holmes, especially finding picks he, after the first round. You know, and I cut him some slack on, on some of the free agent signings he made because the, none of them were gave him were burdensome contracts. All none of those guys are on the books now. No, that was a one year deal. With the, the little contract. bit of money he had, he had to spread it out. Those are little deals. No right. problem. And, you know, okay, so he didn't all make it. Okay, things happen. Yeah. But but none of those contracts are that are, have, have carried forward and 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 you know, retarded anything that Detroit Lions want to do in twenty twenty two. Right. Well, like I said, Mike, I'm still in looking out for that quarterback and I'm I, I fluctuate from week to week, so this week I'm on the I don't have a problem taking a quarterback after the first round for development because you still need a backup and you still need a quarterback that's young that may be developing. So if it's a rider or a, a zap there in the later rounds, after, after, the, after those first three picks, I'm saying, or that last of the third picks, 34, go ahead and do it. If you think that that will be eventually your quarterback because you're going to put the resources into him and you're going to put the time into him and you're just not going to cut him after a year, you're going to put the time into him, then go ahead and do it. 
Look at these guys with first-round picks like uh, Jordan Love in Green Bay and the guy in San Francisco. You got guys that didn't even play for a year or two, but they're putting the time into them, and eventually they hope that that's their starter. So you can do that. I don't have a problem with that at all. No, but to me, and I'll repeat this again, to me the ideal development for the Detroit Lions is that they already have their quarterback, and it's Jared Goff. Now, I'm not saying it is, but I didn't in the last eight or ten games or whatever it was last season, the 2021 season, I didn't see anything that really excluded him from being the quarterback for the next five, six years. I thought he was good enough. Yeah, but good enough. Good enough is fine for now. But, good enough. Yeah, but good enough. you got to have somebody with him that's going to put the heat on him to be better than good enough. Because if you, well, how about you? there's yeah. no quarterback how about in the Super Bowl now that was just good enough. There were no playoff yeah, quarterbacks that were just good enough. Really? Well, you name one. Who was a quarterback that made the playoffs that was just good enough? Uh, what about the quarterback of the, the Tennessee Titans? Okay, I'll give you a Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, good enough. Tannehill. Yeah, okay. I agree. And see how that turned out. You got the number one seed and you get bounced in a home game. So, Well, yeah, but he got, they got to the conference final the year before. I understand that. Off the running back. Oh, please. All right. Anyway, uh, before we go, give me a Super Bowl prediction. My Super Bowl prediction? My Super Bowl prediction is that between now and the next seven days, when we, when we convene again next week at this time, Matthew Stafford will be the most analyzed player in the history of the, of the, of the Super Bowl, at least in Detroit, most analyzed. Um, I agree with that as my Super Bowl prediction, too. I think Stafford, they will win. It won't be an easy game because no. it'll be a good game, but Stafford will pull it out. They'll have their Stafford will have his first title, and I predict there will be uh, – There'll be of the last coaching hires. There will be uh, one black coach hired. Uh, that's be my Lovie prediction. Smith? It could be. I, I'm still shaking on this Lovey thing. Houston is such a cluster. I don't even know what they're doing. So we'll see. Well, like I said, the, we'll talk about this next week. But the funny thing is, the quarterback, uh, the coach that got hired by Miami McDaniel's. Um. Everybody I said another he, white coach got hired, then they come to find out he's uh, he's biracial. So you know all yeah. the, all your all your thoughts and sentiments because he looks Caucasian. So it's that's funny. He's a he's a biracial kid. His father's black, so he yeah. constitutes you know a minority hire, and they get draft picks for him. But if you're looking at him, you don't see that. But it's funny to me. So I find the whole thing amusing, and I think they should just get out and hire these guys. I want to see if Bellamy gets that. New Orleans job he's interviewing for. That's that's well, the one I'm interested this, in. Kenny. I mean, I'm, I'm being pretty serious about this. Just the fact that he doesn't, that he looks white, does that mean that he doesn't qualify as a minority? No, he I qualifies mean, as what he is. If he if he yeah. if he claims himself to be biracial, now if he claimed himself to be Caucasian and excluded that, then that's a whole different story. But he claims he's biracial, so he's biracial, so it counts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. But like I said, don't put him in a lineup, though. Trust me, because you you'll be picking the wrong guy. He, he looks he looks like Woody Allen to me, man. I don't know where they I don't know where they well, got I look him like from. Woody Allen. Too, and yeah. 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 But uh, well, I'm, let me tell you. I'm gonna tell you another thing too about these coaches. Stop hiring these young coaches, man. With these, this, he's from Yale, and he's a young guy, and he's the McVay tree of brilliance. Okay, I, I'd have had enough of that. Let's get back to some old fat coaches and old coaches, and let's get some real-looking coaches back here. These kids look like they're ready for dissertations, man. You mean like Wayne Fonts. Right? The old yeah, yeah, Buddy Ryan Wayne Fonts period, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do stop at the Matt Patricia part. We don't need them looking like that anymore. 
Well, let me just tell you one a quick story about Wayne Fonts. Back when he got hired, somebody sent a letter to the editor of Detroit News saying, I want to congratulate the Detroit Lions on hiring a minority as the head coach. <laughs> we said to Wayne, and Wayne, everything just rolled off his back. And he goes, wait till my wife finds out. <laughs> <laughs> and he meant that. Oh, anyway, Wayne. So don't take it the wrong we way. We got it, man. We all love yeah. Wayne. Yeah. All right, Mike, that's yeah. it for this week. We'll talk, rejoin next week where we'll be talking. I guess we'll, we'll be talking combine or whatever because that's about the next thing well, after we'll that. Well, we'll be talking senior. We'll be talking Super Bowl. Come I'm on, talking about the Super Bowl recap, of course. Day. And yeah. what time the parade for Stafford starts down Woodward? <laughs> he's not coming back to Detroit till the snow's gone, believe me. <laughs> no, he's coming back because I know a date he's coming back, so he will be here before the snow leaves. Yeah, well, uh, he's got an he's event. He's got an event here, so I know when he's I, coming. I think he's coming back as a winner, too. Now, is he coming back with the big ring on his hand? Or that's what we want to know. Well, it depends on how – it takes a while to make those. He'll have probably had his own made just to come back for this one. i come back with a ring, a belt, and everything else to show these guys in this town. All these sports stations in town, they've been mouthing off for 12 years about him. Quiet! <laughs> 12? What about 13? What about this year? Well, I don't even count this year because that was <laughs> solid grace. You think winning's going to slow anybody down? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, see you next week. And that's us for the K&M Podcast. Uh, see you later.